evidence and answers. What about the existence of God? Is the Bible real? Can it be trusted? How do I defend my faith? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now, listen as our host, Pat Zucran, and his guest, Clint Manley, share their testimonies at the 2019 Avion Youth Apologetics Conference held in Honolulu. When you see a computer, you don't say, oh, what a great feat of evolution. You say, oh, somebody made that. How much more the human brain, which is a thousand times more complex than any computer we have made. There's compelling evidence that there is an intelligent creator. Has he made himself known? Well, I discovered that the Bible is a unique book unlike any other. It's not only historically accurate, it has miraculous confirmation. It's one of a kind. There's no other book like it. And we're going to learn more about that tomorrow. And the Bible gives us an accurate record of the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus was a real historical person who lived a miraculous life, died, and rose again in the context, not of fairy tale, but of history. We're going to learn about that tomorrow as well. After finishing that book, you know, I went back to my friend. I said, is there another book like this? And he said, yeah, go to the Christian bookstore. I said, what's a Christian bookstore? And he said, well, let me take you. So I went there, and I got another book on apologetics, and then another one. And my parents were freaking out. You know, they're going, what's going on with this guy? He's only reading books. And soon I discovered the case for Christianity was powerful and compelling, and I could no longer ignore the facts that supported the life of Jesus Christ. And the answers I was looking for, I found in a person, the person of Jesus Christ and his word. And it's then I knew that I had a decision to make. The God who created the universe wants to have a personal relationship with you and me. And the meaning of life, the basis of our self-worth, experiencing that unconditional love, experiencing life for all that it was ever meant to be, is found in a relationship with the God who created you and me. And this is the greatest message ever. And the cool thing about this is that this message is indeed true. And this weekend, we're going to share the compelling evidence for the gospel. And I hope that when this conference is over, many of you will be strengthened in your faith, and some of you will make the greatest decision of your life. Thank you, God bless you, and we'll have Clint from Molokai coming up here to share his story of how he found faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to open up in prayer, actually. Dear Lord, I love you, and, and I want to show you off tonight, and uh, I pray that you would fill my mouth with your words, and you would guide my tongue, and you would open hearts in this place, and above all, Lord, that you would just be made glorious, Lord, and, and that we would see you in a new way through this time. We love you, and, and we give you this time, Lord, in your name. Amen. We heard an awesome testimony from Pat just a, a moment ago, and 
I don't know any of you guys, and so when I was preparing and when Pat asked me to come speak to you and share my testimony, I wasn't sure exactly who I was speaking to. So the way I reasoned was I thought what I would want to tell my 15-year-old self. If I could be back in that position and I could go talk to 15-year-old Clint, I thought through what I would want to say to him. And, and so that's what I want to share with you guys tonight. And apologetics didn't have quite so powerful a role in my Christian faith, but it did have a role, and so I'm going to share that with you. But I want to read one verse before I start because I think it's incredibly powerful. And this is Jesus speaking in John 15, 11. And he says, I have told you these things, these words I have spoken, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And my life can really be divided into three stages, I guess you could say. And they were defined by what I did with Christ and, and how that resulted in my life. And the first stage of my life is I was deceived. And you heard a little bit about this with Pat. Pat was deceived into uh, thinking that other things would satisfy him in his life. And, and I had the same thing. But I actually grew up in a Christian home. I had very godly parents. Um, in fact, my parents were missionaries on Molokai, and my dad is still there. He's a pastor, and they were incredibly godly people. I was always in church, and I knew all the Bible. I knew it inside and out. I heard the stories all the time. I was continually exposed to it. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that Christianity is about knowing Jesus. It's not about just knowing things about him. It's about knowing him personally. And I didn't understand that. And so I did the right things, but I did them out of a sense of duty. I just did them because that's what I was told to do. And I grew up in the church and, and that's what everyone around me did. So I did the right things because I, I could do them. I had the capability and so I worked. And I did a good job. I was a worship leader when I was in high school. I wrote songs. I was a youth group leader. I helped lead Christian camps. I did all kinds of stuff. I, I looked really good from the outside. But the only reason that I did right things is because I was told to do them. And the only reason I didn't do wrong things is really because I didn't want to disappoint my dad. To this day, I, I value my dad and his opinion. I think he's an incredibly godly man. But when I was in high school, probably the scariest thing you could have said to me is that I would disappoint my dad uh, because I valued his opinion so much. And so I didn't do wrong things because I didn't want my dad to catch me doing wrong things. And I did a really good job. I never drank in high school. I never took a sip of alcohol. I never swore. I never kissed a girl in high school. I was a pretty good kid from the outside. But that kind of willpower religion uh, or doing or obedience out of obligation, it'll never last. Pat talked about being exhausted. You get to a point where you just... You're not satisfied. And God tells us this in Isaiah 55 too. He asks us, why do you work for what does not satisfy? And so I came to the point where I thought Jesus was boring, and so I traded him. I exchanged him for other things. See, I thought in order to get to heaven, I had to leave the fun things, and I had to go follow Jesus, who I kind of thought was boring. I even got to the point where I thought, Heaven sounded boring. I don't want to go sit in a worship service forever. That doesn't sound like a, like a good thing to do. I'm sure maybe some of you have had those thoughts before. And so I exchanged Jesus for other things. Romans 1.23 says, They exchanged the glory or the beauty of God for an image made like man. So what I did is I said, Jesus, I see you. 
I kind of think you're boring. You're not satisfying me, so I'm going to go try other things. And so I was deceived by sin. And let me tell you guys what the lie of sin is. Here's what it is. It says, if you do this, or if you try this, or if you get this, you'll be happy, or you'll be satisfied, or life will be better. But that's the same exact lie that Satan's been telling since the garden, guys. He, he told Eve the exact same thing. And, and I bought it hook, line, and sinker. See, I tasted pornography. I thought that it would be satisfying, that it would fill this desire that I had to be fulfilled. And, and so I, I tasted it. And, you know, there were glimpses of satisfaction in that. There's going to be glimpses of satisfaction in sin. But I was drowning in a sea of misery. And sin lies to you guys, and it brings spiritual amnesia is what I call it. Let me show you the pattern. See, I thought this thing would be satisfying, and so I tried it. And James 1.14 says that, that we are drawn away by our own desires and that we are led into sin. And the first taste is good, but immediately it turns to rottenness in your mouth. And you ask, man, why did I do that? Why did I do that? You have a sense of guilt. And then what happens with me is, is I would swear, man, I'm never going to do that again. And then a week, a day, an hour later, I would fall into it again. And I'd listen to that same lie that sin told me. And I'd think, oh, maybe this time it'll be satisfying. Or maybe if I try a little bit more, then it'll be good. And before I knew it, I was enslaved to sin. And I lived in this slavery to sin for years and years while on the outside it looked like a perfect Christian boy. And even though I was successful and respected, I was, really, I was miserable on the inside. I was an all-American wrestler when I was in college. I was a leader in the church. Like I said, I graduated valedictorian from my high school. I was the first person ever from Molokai to be accepted to the Air Force Academy. And I was miserable inside. And so I went to the Air Force Academy. And while I was there, I continued trying out other things to, to see if I could find something that would fill this, this void in me. And it was really when I was at the academy that I started to actually think about Christianity. Pat talked a lot about that, about, about actually thinking about things and not just hearing things and not spending any time and thought on them. The academy it was a very kind of anti-Christian place. And so I heard a lot of arguments against the Bible, a lot of things that Pat mentioned. And although God didn't really have any practical part of my life, my worldview, the way I saw the world, was still very Christian. And so when I heard all these arguments and, and objections about Jesus and God in the Bible, I started looking into them. And that's when I really discovered that I loved philosophy and I loved apologetics. And I started looking into these things, and, and I tested Christ. I tested out the truth. And here's what I found. It's, it's exactly what Pat found, is, is that the Christian worldview is incredibly reasonable. If you go and look at the evidence for the Christian worldview and some of the arguments that are there, there is an incredibly powerful case for Christianity. Don't let anyone ever tell you that there is no evidence for Christianity, because it's just not, it's not true. And... So I tested all this out, and I decided, I decided that Christianity was true, that it was the right way, that all the evidence pointed in that direction. I believed God existed. I believed the Bible was accurate. I believed Jesus was who he said he was and did what he said he did. And my mind was convinced, but my heart was still dead. I knew the truth, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And listen, if that's you tonight, if all you have is some kind of decision or you have some knowledge in your head, but you have no heart relationship, guys, you got nothing. 
You got nothing. And that's where I was. Knowing about God is totally different from enjoying a relationship with him. Listen, Satan knows more truth than you ever will in this life, and he hates God. Truth is not enough. We have to have a relationship. And so I was still totally unsatisfied. And I graduated from the Air Force Academy. I went into the Air Force, and, and I was pretty successful. I, I had money. I had a house on the beach. I was a captain in the Air Force. But I was pursuing joy in all of these other things. I pursued joy in, in my body image. I was really into fitness. I tried food addiction, relationships, even surfing. I was obsessed with surfing for a long period of time. I, I, would, I surfed all the time. I even competed at surfing for a while. And I tried to be fulfilled in all these things, and it didn't work. See, sin was killing me. Romans 7.11 says, for sin deceived me and killed me. And that's, that's what was happening. That killing there that he's talking about, that's not just death in the afterlife. That's everyday misery and death and separation from God. And that's what was happening in my life. And I didn't realize that, that only God satisfies. He is the only one that can fill that void. I had never heard Psalm 1611. This is the psalmist speaking to David, and he says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen, you can't get fuller than full, and you can't get longer than everlasting. And that's only found in God. I didn't know that yet. And it was at this time when I was at kind of the lowest point in my life that God brought my wife into my life. It's when I met her and he really used her to capture my heart. And long story short, I was a terrible leader in that relationship for the beginning of it. If God is this way, I was leading her this way. And I was doing all the wrong things, even though I knew the truth and I knew the Bible. But one day God pretty much said to me, if you love her and you want best for her, you have to pursue me first because I am best. And if you don't love me, you will destroy her. And that really captured my heart. And it was at that time, God turned my heart and he made Christ my treasure. He awakened my heart so that, that my affections and my love and my joy, they were in Jesus instead of in these other things. See, I didn't understand for a long period of time that the gospel is not about getting to heaven. It's not about doing good things. It's, it's ultimately about treasuring Jesus. And Matthew 13, 44 says, the kingdom of heaven, you can think of this as knowing God the king. Knowing God the king is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. See, when God turns your heart, you become so satisfied in him that you can get rid of all the other stuff. You can sell everything else you have, and you still have the best thing in the universe. That's the glory of the gospel. So listen, I spent 25 years without understanding really what the gospel was, even though I had heard it before. I'm going to take three minutes and tell you guys what the gospel is. See, it really is all about God. It all starts with God. God is at the center. It's all about God. There is an all-loving, all-powerful, all-satisfying being called God, and he created everything. And since he created, he is the supreme king overall. And his single purpose in creating was to put his glory on display so that he could be enjoyed forever. And God created man, all of us, 
as his representatives on earth. And we have the unique ability to display his glory and, and to enjoy the king in a relationship. But here's the issue. Every one of us has exchanged that happiness and satisfaction in God for other things. I talked about the trade. That's the trade. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You've all heard that verse, but that fall short, what that means is that we fail to enjoy and to display God's glory or his beauty. And so here's the charge that makes all of us guilty every hour of every day. And, and it's that sin is preferring anything to God. That's the root of sin. Thinking anything is more valuable or satisfying than God is the root of our rebellion. And we all have rebelled against the king of the universe with the very minds that he created and the very air that he has put in our lungs. And because God is good and loving and just, listen, he always acts in a way that shows his value and his beauty and his worth. Always. That's called God's righteousness. And so he will not allow us to trample his glory or to insult his value by exchanging him for anything else. And so because of our rebellion, all of us deserve punishment and the infinite wrath of the king of the universe. And that is a penalty that not one of us can pay. And so God's wrath is what separates us from enjoying a relationship with him. But here's the good news. God, in his wisdom and his love, he made a way. See, the king and his son, Jesus, they made a plan before the world was ever created. And they agreed that Jesus, who is the most valuable being in the universe, would come to earth and he would trade places with us. And instead of us, the king would crush him in our place. So God poured out all of his righteous wrath on Jesus who was perfectly loyal to the king, and he separated him from everything that was good. The king slaughtered his son on the cross for us to uphold his glory. But three days later, Jesus came back from the dead, eternally triumphant over sin and death as God's stamp of approval on the payment of the penalty. And so now through faith, Jesus' perfect standing before the king, his total lack of rebellion is counted as my standing so that I can be friends with the king of the universe and enjoy him forever. Listen, this is the thing that I missed for 25 years, even though I knew the truth. So please hear what the purpose and the end and the goal of the gospel is. And let me tell you what it's not. It's, it's not freedom from guilt. It's not freedom from sin. It's not having your sins forgiven. It's not a ticket to heaven, and it's not a ticket out of hell. That's not the gospel. Those are incredibly valuable things, but those are means to an end. Listen, the gospel is not me leaving the sin over here that I love in order to cling to a Jesus that I find boring so that I can be in heaven and avoid hell. That's the lie that I believed for years. Let me give you an example. If I offend my wife and I go to her and I ask her for forgiveness, I really don't care about the forgiveness. I want fellowship with my wife to be restored. I want to be able to hug my wife. I want to be able to have a relationship restored with her. And guys, that's the gospel. The gospel is we are forgiven so that we can enjoy Jesus. 
Christ is the end of the gospel. It's the blood-bought ability of our hearts to see and treasure Jesus above anything else. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Jesus died so that we could be in fellowship with God. And the good news of the gospel is the truth that Jesus paid the price to restore my relationship with God so that he is now my deepest treasure and my highest pleasure. And when God did that to my heart, when he renewed my heart to love him more than anything else, it changes everything, everything. That truth set me free to be so much happier and more satisfied in God than I ever was in other things. Listen, I was freed from a porn addiction because I was so satisfied in God and because I trust his design for marriage that that slavery was broken. I was freed from money and success with this new love of God, I was able to turn down my ultimate dream job, which was an amazing job. For those of you who know what Stance Socks are, I was going to be one of the, the marketing managers for them. And their headquarters are right on Trestles Beach, which is an amazing surf spot. They have a skate park in their facility and they don't have any hours for working. You just get your job done. And I would have been paid six figures. It was everything I could have ever asked for in a job. And I turned it down to go be a broke missionary in New Zealand, where I paid the mission organization I was working for, I paid them to be there. And I never made a sacrifice because I got the better end of the deal every single time. I got God out of it. I realized that if I had everything else but I didn't have God, I'd never be satisfied. And God freed me from surfing. One of my biggest fears when I went to New Zealand was that I wouldn't be able to surf because we were going to be in the middle of the country landlocked without a vehicle. And I surfed every single day, every single day without fail. And that terrified me when God called me to New Zealand. Surfing was one of my idols. And God told me, trust me and enjoy me. And I took that step of faith and God set my heart free. I didn't surf once for an entire year in New Zealand and I didn't miss anything. And he is freeing me from body image and food. He's slowly revealing to me that my identity is in my ability to see and savor and display his glory and his beauty. And now he is my comfort instead of food. Let me summarize my testimony for you real quick in five steps. At first, I was deceived by the lies of sin and my own disordered desires. And so I traded the goodness of God for things that I thought would satisfy me. But in the end, I ended up miserable and enslaved. See, with my mind, I tested the truth of God, and I made a decision to believe in the Christian worldview because I thought it was true. But my heart was dead and cold until God called me to life and awakened my heart to be able to treasure Jesus. And so now, in the joy that I have in God, I can be motivated to follow him wherever he leads. And that is the most freeing thing that you will ever experience. And so my prayer for you guys tonight is that your minds would be convinced of the truth and that your hearts would be captured by the beauty of Jesus. That's what I want for you guys in this time and in this weekend. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then we're going to move on to the next thing. Lord Jesus, you are the king of the universe. 
And we recognize how awesome you are tonight, Lord. We want to worship you and put you on display. And and Lord, I, I pray that you would open hearts tonight and that you would turn them towards you and and god i pray that you would continue to reveal yourself in new ways and i pray that you would make yourself our treasure lord teach us your truth and set us free through that god we give you all the glory tonight lord and, and we love you in your name amen run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold a conference, give him a call at 4830586 or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Zucran.